0: Who am I? Where does my identity come from? How, how am I defined? I've wrestled with that question before. I've struggled with that in the past. See, it's a question we all have to ask, but how do we really define that? Maybe it's, it's in what I do, the, the job I have or the vocation I hold the role I have in life, and so maybe in the past I was defined as a student, as a baker or as a cook, and now who I am, my identity is that I'm a pastor, perhaps, but what happens when tragedy strikes or illness comes, or I'm just not able to do it anymore? Who am I then? So maybe that doesn't, doesn't work. And maybe, maybe my identity comes from where I was born. And so I am first and foremost a Canadian right now. And, and that's great because we got more medals in the U.S. in the Olympics. And we, you know, we have some prestige on the world stage. But am I really defined by simply where I happened to be born? Nothing more, nothing less? That seems a little shallow, a little transient, a little vapid. Well, maybe... Maybe I'm defined by my family history, by, by my past, by where my parents came from, where my great-grandparents came from, their, their successes, their failures, their faith, their mistakes and their beliefs. After all, we, we have all those ads right now, you know, the, the 23 in Me, learn who you are from your DNA, your Ancestry.com, figure out all of your family histories, so you can define who you are. But am I, at least I don't believe that I'm defined by my family history. I'm shaped by that in some ways, but that doesn't determine who I am. So maybe, maybe I'm defined, maybe my identity comes down to what I can achieve and where I've fallen short, my sins and my mistakes and my successes. It's all about what I do. Perhaps. You know, the more I wrestle this question and when people ask me, the more I struggle because every one of those answers, every one of those places just doesn't seem to do justice to where my identity would come from, to where and where I am and who I am and what defines me. Maybe, Maybe you've had a similar experience or you've had somebody who came and told you who you were supposed to be or what you were supposed to do or what you could or could not do based on who you were. But then you went back home and you looked in the mirror and you weren't any different than you were that morning. Still the same, ordinary, plain, regular, messy, broken, loving, kind, gracious person you've always been. Just a regular Jane or John, going through the motions of daily life, doing the best you can, trying to pull things together, trying to get ahead, striving after the American dream, and, and trying to be the, the best moral person you can, which is a good thing. Trying to be the best parent or husband or wife or child or grandparent or employee or boss you can be. Nothing more, nothing less, not nothing particularly extraordinary. But as you think about your identity, you realize it's something that that has been given to you. Maybe it's what you've achieved and what people have said about your results or, or what others have said about you, but that's what your identity is defined as because you don't know where else to look, where else to, to go to find out who you really are. In today's Old Testament lesson, Abram is 99 years old and childless, and God comes to him and says... I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. Walk faithfully before me. God comes to Abraham. And all Abram can do is fall down. Fall down and worship. But God, God comes to him and says that if he walks blamelessly, that God will greatly increase his family and his numbers. But Abram looks around and and he starts to think, well, I don't think this promise can be for me. He doubts God's word because just like each and every one of us, Abram struggles with the same problem. He believes that he's too weak. He's too small. He's too poor. He's too unholy. He's too old. He's too broken to be used by God. He's just not good enough. He's old and he's childless and and there's something that you start to learn as you get older. And and I I can can share this because I just turned 32 so I'm getting pretty old these days. But the older you get, the more you realize how far short you fall of perfection, of being blameless, of always being faithful, of, of being without sin. You recognize your mistakes and the things that you've done in the past that don't measure up. And so Abram starts to think, maybe, maybe kind of like in the Bugs Bunny cartoons, uh, God must have taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque and he's got found the wrong guy. Because Abram doesn't think he's suitable for this. He's the right person for this. But instead of protesting, instead of voicing his complaints as he come as God comes to him, all Abram does is fall face down in worship. And praise of the God who has been faithful and loving and who has been with him throughout his journey. And God says to Abram, no longer will your name be Abram, but it will be Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations and kings will come from you. And and no longer will your wife's name be Sarai, but it will be Sarah. For many nations will come from her and kings will come from her. And Abram struggles. He wonders, how is this possible? You know, I'm kind of old and and she's barren. Abram's 99. Sarah is 89. Um, It seems like it's a little late to be uh, greatly increasing in number, God. I'm a little too old for this. But God knows Abram and knows Abram who sees himself as unholy, as broken, as weak, sees his own life as a life that has been wasted and lost. God sees and gives him a new name and a new identity. God speaks a word over Abram and it changes him, makes him into something new. I want you to think back to the beginning of the Genesis story and remember what happens at the very beginning because when God speaks a word, it brings into existence what he says. And so when God says light, there's light. And when God says that there should be plants and seas and animals and mountains and oceans and ravines and plains, they come into existence by a word. God's word has creative power. It has authority to bring about what he says. And so as God speaks over Abram and Sarai, everything changes. Because just as it says in Isaiah 55, 11, so as the word that goes out from my mouth does not return to me empty, but it accomplishes what I desire and the purpose for which I have sent it. So as God speaks over Abram and Sarai, Everything is changed for them. They are made into something new. They are given a new identity. See, what they had been was old and barren and childless. What they had been in the eyes of their culture was forsaken and cursed. Those without descendants to pass on their wealth. Those who had not been blessed. But now, through God's word, they are made into those who will be the father and mother of nations. Those of whom we sing, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. They became the patriarchs of the faith. So God changed them. But as he gave them a new name, he also gave them a part of himself. And so it wasn't just their names that changed, but their identity, who they were, who they identified as their hearts, their lives were entirely changed. And I want you to notice this. See, as we look at Abraham, Abraham and Sarai, and remember the name for God in the Old Testament is Yahweh. But as God renames them, he gives a part of himself to Abram and Sarah. The the Hebrew letter he, the, the H in the middle of Yahweh's name, is given into Abraham's name. And changes it from Abram to Abraham. And God gives a second H, the H to Sarai. And her name is changed from Sarai to Sarah. God literally gives a part of himself into Abraham and Sarah and redefines them. Makes them into something new so that their identities, their lives, and all that they are is bound up with God in his covenant and in his promises. He has bound himself to them Not only in promise, but also symbolically in giving them part of his name into their name, in changing everything about them. See, Abraham and Sarah are made into entirely new people. They are given a new identity, and they are changed. And this is where we see that promise that God had given to Abram in chapter 12 of Genesis begin to take shape. Because God had told him that the nations would be blessed through him. That he would be a blessing to all the peoples. And that he would be blessed. But before this, he doesn't really know how it's going to happen. He doesn't really understand it. He's getting old and he doesn't have any children. But now it's coming into fruition. The nations are going to be blessed because God is going to make many nations come from them. And those nations and those people will be people of that promise. People of that covenant. People who have their identity in God people who are renamed and remade. See, God has given them an identity by faith in his word and love. And likewise, we receive our identity in Christ's love and promise by faith. We are now those descendants of that promise to Abraham. We are those who have inherited that life, that covenant with God that says God is going to be on our side, that he will be with us, that he will never forsake us no matter what comes. See, in this this promise and this covenant, that God has given us this love is not dependent on what we achieve or what we do or how we measure up, but it's something we receive as God gives us part of himself into our lives and claims us as his own. God gives us a new identity, a new word, a new life through baptism. God has claimed us as his own people, has reshaped us. Now, my identity is defined by the baptismal promises God has given to me. But I have to remind myself and we have to remind ourselves of who we are in God, where our identity lies. Because I have to remind myself that my identity is not found in, in what I've done or what I've achieved. It's not found in my family history. It's not found in what nation I belong to or grew up in. It's not defined by the vocation I have. It's not defined by any of those things. But by what God has said over me in baptism. That I am loved. That I am his. That I belong to him. See, the truest thing about you is the word that God spoke over you as you were brought to these waters, as God claimed you, and said that you are his beloved child. That those covenantal promises that were given to Abraham have been given to you. That no matter where you find yourself, no matter if you find yourself incapable of moving, if you become a quadriplegic, or if your mind begins to go, that the promises from God do not depend on you, but on his word. And his word never fails. His word never relents. But it accomplishes what he desires. See, As we come to bapt- as the waters of baptism, we are claimed as part of God's kingdom. God has given you part of himself and has claimed you. God has made you one of his very own sons and daughters. We don't do it frequently here anymore, but historically, when you came to the waters of baptism, you were given a new name. And they still do this in Africa and in Asia and in South America frequently, because the point of it was, when you come to those waters... You have to have a new name because you're a new person. You're given a new identity. You you cannot emerge from those, from being baptized or buried with Christ and risen from Christ out of those waters, out of his grave, to new life as the same person you were before. Everything has changed. See, Christ now dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is with you. God's promise and God's word stands over you and claims you. You've been changed. You've been made new. You're no longer defined by what you do, where your family has come from, what flag you stand under, or what job you hold. You're defined by the faithfulness, the blamelessness, the righteousness of Christ that now is imprinted on you and dwells in you by God's word. And you are capable of immeasurably more, and are worth immeasurably more than you ever believed possible because of Christ. And so as was God's people, who have been claimed, who have been given this kind of unshakable identity in God's kingdom. As we go out from here, let us walk as those people with confidence, knowing that nothing in this life or in this world can take that from us, but that we are his. And he is ours because we have received an unshakable identity from God, our Heavenly Father, in baptism. Amen.